Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's up, Seminole Headlines podcasters? Thanks so much for listening to the program. As always, the podcast brought to you in part by our friends at the Morgan Law Group. Today, no different. Appreciate them enabling us to do this for you. What else they'll do for you is uh, work hard throughout the state to ensure uh, that the insurance companies are doing the right thing and they're not acting in bad faith. Uh, they will they'll get after the insurer if they are. They'll inspect and assess the loss on your behalf. By the way, they are throughout the state just because an insurance company tells you no or there's a certain amount that they're willing to give out doesn't mean that's the end of the story. Find out more. Go to policyadvocate.com. That'd be policyadvocate.com. Or call 888-904-2524. Onward we go with Seminole Headlines. It's time for Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, featuring ESPN Tallahassee's Jeff Cameron, Warchant.com's managing editor, Ira Chauffel, and senior writer, Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, Pistols and Pies, starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. Hour number two, the Seminole Headlines, 97.9 ESPN Radio. As we continue on, this hour brought to you by Birch Orthodontics. Our thanks to Birch Orthodontics. Always ride and die at Birch Orthodontics, where Iris kids went, where my kids go currently, and where your kids should go to. If you have dental needs, trust it to uh, Dr. Birch and her friendly staff. They're all experts. They're kind. They talk you through the process. They make it easy, as easy as it can be anyhow. Birch Orthodontics. Also have great payment plans, great payment plans. Got the free water in the lobby. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing more. Sometimes I go by just to get a drink. Just to get I, a drink of water. Don't just, mind me, guys. I'm just filling up the cooler, cooler here. Don't mind me. I'm going yeah, I'm on my way to a people, workout. People underestimate that, but that's a big deal is when you go into a dentist, an orthodontist, and they're always charging for the water in the lobby. I'm sick of it. <laughs> so finally, there's a place that gives free water. Yeah. Exactly. For, it's uh habitat. Um, but how's the rubber band situation going, Jeff? We need an update on the rubber bands. I am, I've remained diligent. I don't know that Bryce has remained as diligent as, uh, Dr. Birch would like him to be. And I'm sure she's going to give him the what for when he goes in the next time, because they can tell. And I explained that to Bryce. I'm like, you're not fooling them. They're going to see you haven't been doing this. They're going to know that you haven't been consistent with this. Um, so I'm just going to let him get yelled at and, and, and she can take carte blanche to scream him down. He deserves it. Embarrassing. <laughs> I've seen that. He needs, he's a little of that Dr. Bird's tough love. I've seen, yeah. I've seen her do it before. It's usually effective. So, well, good. I need her to do it. If she's listening now, Dr. Birch, get after it. You need to yell at my boy, yell loudly where everybody can hear it. Embarrassing. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's pitiful. He's lazy when it comes to this stuff. So some days he does it. Some days he doesn't. 
I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, David writes, hey, guys, thanks for the great work as always. Seeing mention of the 22nd anniversary of Marshall McDougall's six home run, 16 RBI game made me remember how loaded those late 90s teams were. Indeed. Which FSU baseball team do you feel was most unquestionably the best team regardless of how they did in Omaha? 97? Is that the J- that's JD's last year? Yeah, that team was unreal. Yeah. Um, they had a bunch of them, David. They were all really good, and it's what's led to the infinite frustration that Florida State never won one because most assuredly they had a couple of teams that were, without question, the best team in the country. But I would say the one, sport, maybe JD's freshman year, wasn't that when, – when did they have – no, that wouldn't have been then. When did they have Paul Wilson and Jonathan Johnson? and well, Jonathan, was I, was, I was actually just looking up Jonathan Johnson because his last year, 95 – yeah, the year he the year he got drafted in the first round. He uh, that team. I mean, they had Minkavich. I came down. I was working in Thomasville, but I came down and covered those regionals. And man, they were they were phenomenal. Yeah, and so that was, that was the JD's freshman year. They had been Jonathan Johnson, and uh, I mean, they were yeah, they were just yeah. loaded. And all those teams, the Jeremy Morris team, all those teams. They had so Matt Diaz. They had so many teams that were just absolutely loaded, and they played well and they won a billion games. They just couldn't win the College World Series and. One of the one of the sad things that I always think about is just how ridiculous that format was. If you fooled around and somehow lost that first game, call it a day. That's yeah. it. You got no shot. You're about to play six games in an hour, and you you had no chance to come out of that. And unfortunately for Florida State, they would somehow find a way to lose that first game all too often, and it was Katie. You were done. You were done. Um, it was it was so aggravating. Uh, and there, there, of course, you know you had. You had really close calls. You had one-run losses and some games that um, you had questionable calls. I, I'm, I'm just, just like I'm looking, to talk about. I'm looking up some names on the '95 roster. So you had Brooks Badeau, Mike Bell, uh, Chris Chavez, Randy Choate, Charlie Cruz. Charlie Cruz went to my high school, by the way, North Miami Senior Ooh, High School. There you go. Played, Shout out. Played. He was a couple years behind me. Uh, Adam Ferro, uh, Jonathan Johnson, Mickey Lopez, Mike Martin, uh, Junior. Doug Mankiewicz, Not Steve senior. Morgan, Jeremy Morris, Steve Nadeau. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Scott J- Scott Zetch, David Yoko. Go to the, 90, go to the 97 team and, and give me the 97 lineup. I, I want to say that team, I mean, that was an insane team. Um, I mean, it's I'm a lot still, of the same guys I just mentioned. Yeah. They, were, they were young guys at that point. But, yeah, you yeah. got Salazar and – Jeremy uh, Salazar was a stud. Jeremy Morris um, at that point now is a junior probably – Country Plast- is what they Plastrum. called him. He hit it a, he hit it a mile. Yeah. Ch- yeah, 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 yeah. JD Drew, hey. Mike DeBlasi, Zach Diaz, um, yep. Choate, Chavez, Kevin Cash. Oh, man. Cash mm. had a howitzer for an arm. I mean, he used to – I mean, he, he played third base, and he would throw the ball, and he would wait to the last second to throw it, and guys would still get thrown out. It was embarrassing. It was <laughs> awesome. Um, so, yeah, man, there's a lot those, – uh, those teams were a different breed, but – it's just it, to your point. Yeah, that was ridiculous. The the format was ridiculous then. It's still it's still really hard. I mean, it's just it's baseball. Not ideal. Yeah, if you're not going to do a seven game series, it's hard to get a real indication. Uh, Doug Wright, gentlemen, thank you for the couple hours I look forward to each week. Norvell is clearly making a splash in the broader football community with the camps. What is the easiest you think he sees? Uh, what is the earliest? Excuse me. You think he sees a return on this investment in the community? Can you envision a situation where these camps, the goodwill built, et cetera, are a tiebreaker for his second contract at FSU? 
Well, if he gets good players to say yes, that certainly helps uh, prolong his career here. Uh, yeah, but it's, it's going to be a while. Yeah, it's not an immediate return. I, I would say this, though. I mean, it's it's there could be you know residuals earlier just by you know making rela- relationships with coaches around the state, parents around the state. They may have older siblings that are, you know he may have. They may have a twelve year old in this camp that's got a sixteen year old brother. And I will say this though: every family that comes through there, every kid that comes through there, to a person, and I went to all three, well, three of the four in South Florida. It is like, I mean, it's hard to explain how much of an impact it has on them individually because these coaches are great. I mean, they're, they're really taking time with each kid. Uh, the kids that are a little bit older and more advanced, they're actually coaching them like they'd coach football players. The younger ones who are just kind of out there for fun, they're treating them like, you know, camp counselors. Um, Norvell takes a picture with every single kid. They're getting free t-shirts. It's a free camp. I mean, it's just, and, and it's just run well. I, I mean, I've been, we all have been, been to or or covered thousand youth camps. And a lot of them are run really poorly. This thing is, dude, it is a operation. It's like they're running their camp in Tallahassee, but they just took it on the road. It's efficient. It's 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 run on time. Uh, it's impressive. And so they're making positive impacts on all these people. Whether or not it has a return on on what you see on the field of Florida State this year or next year, probably minimal. Um, but I think it, if, if if things do go well, I think it positions them well for the future. It'll be a good story in like 2031 when Jerry Jerry right. Smith wins the Heisman and there's a picture of him as a nine-year-old posing on Norbell's knee. Right. You're going to see that all the time. Byrne and Gary are going to be talking, showing that picture every every quarter. Very, very impressive that Vern Lundquist would still be with us at that point. That's a, that's a, that's a hell and of an optimistic be a Jerry. Like there, yeah. Imagine there being a nine-year-old Jerry right now. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, out there. It's crazy yeah. that there were, not, there were kids in the 50s, like seven-year-olds on the playground named Jerry and a girl named, oh, yeah. like, Sharon or Esther. And Hank. Hank was yeah. running around. Hank, yeah, little seven-year-old Hank. Hank. Yeah, Gertrude? there he was. What are we doing yeah. with Gertrude? That's another Maud, Gert- I think Maud you Gertrude. Maude was around Gertrude. for a long time. Maud, How's yeah. Maude doing? Yeah, good old Maude. Uh, <laughs> Orville, Orville was hanging out with the kids there too. Orville was O-dog. hanging with Jerry. And they Maude. called him O Dog. Yeah, <laughs> uh, this is applicable. I switched. You like my game is elevated here, guys. I went from to Facebook now, quick over to a Twitter, and Oof. it's it's right there alongside. It's applicable. Walter writes: Is Norvell's free youth camp a creative way to reconnect with the legacy players living in Florida, or did it just happen to work out that way? High school pipelines are critical in Pahokee and other talent-rich Florida cities. Mmm, sausage. I, I don't think that was the agenda, but I think it's a nice byproduct because they did. Yeah. I and mean, you know, Rodney Hudson, EJ Manuel, Marcus White, Nick O'Leary, you know, a bunch of guys that, you know, it's not like we don't see them up here very often. And they were able to come out to those camps as they went around. And when they go into, you know, Snoop Minnis, when they go to Jacksonville and Tampa and Orlando, I'm sure guys who live in those communities will come back as well. So yeah, that's a nice byproduct. I don't think it was the original idea. It's a good idea, though, just to get in with these youth coaches, too, and these youth players. That's a big deal. As we all know, especially down there in South Florida, man, youth coaches can control some things, and they mean a lot. They're mentors to a lot of these kids. And if, you get, if you're if you in Mike Norvell's cell phone for 10 years before Johnny is a recruitable athlete and you've known Norvell for seven or eight years and he's returning your texts every couple months, that, that really isn't – that could be a big deal. It's not immediate, obviously, but maybe this pays off a decade from now. 
Seminal Headlines, 97.9 ESPN Radio continues in a moment. Seminal Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminal Headlines returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. More questions as we return here. We've got, do the new offensive line transfers actually give one hope that the line of scrimmage could be a strength for the Knowles come September? Well, not if Corey Clark has any say, sir. There's no <laughs> chance. We, we somehow just got worse by bringing in new offensive linemen uh, if it's up to Corey. But I, w- I would tell you this. I don't think it's going to be a strength for the Knowles. I don't, I'm not trying to make that argument. I think that they've improved, as I said earlier, raised the floor. Uh, I think they have a chance to be a little bit deeper and a little bit better. They are well coached. I think Coach Atkins is one of the impressive additions to Norvell uh, staff when he came on and obviously hired him right away. I think when you looked at all of the coaches that came in, you know, we're always focused on the head coach. But I, I've been most impressed, I think, with uh, Coach Atkins from day one. He's done a great job, and, and he's really tried to get these guys to – uh, well, he gets the most out of what he has. I, I do believe that. And I think that will continue in an even bigger way this year because they can actually have real practices and kind of coach them the way they used to coach them prior to COVID. So it's a thing now, I guess, where they get an offensive line recruit. Atkins tweets out a picture of him smoking a cigar. Yep. I'm like, that just, it doesn't seem to really jive with how he coaches them. You know what I mean? Like it's like I, it's like uh, if I was the guy that he was screaming down and telling him he was you know get back here and do it right, I'd be like, hey, what happened to the guy that was smoking that stogie when I signed? I thought you, I thought we were going to be buddies. It's just his his coaching method, which I'm a big fan of. Like you said, he's really good. Doesn't seem to, uh, but I know it's a Twitter thing. It's just funny. It struck me as funny as what those guys must be thinking when they get dressed down by him for the next two years. And they're going to be like, oh, man, what happened to the guy that was so fired up? He's lit a cigar when I committed. The one thing I will say, though, is I think that the way he coaches hard resonates with players. They, they coach Players want to be disciplined, and they don't mind being coached hard, but it has to come from a place of integrity. It has to come from a place where you trust that that coach is, A, knowledgeable, and, B, has your best interest in mind. And then they don't mind getting screamed at. I feel like for years. Well, and he's years, not he's not dog cussing them, and he's no. not telling them they're terrible people. No, yeah, it's it's like, look, man, uh, it, it's about the football. You can ride a guy all day if it's about the football. Only when it gets personal do right. we cross the line. And well, so, and I mean, yeah, and that's where I think mean, you know, Rick Trickett, for all the good things he brought to the program, he kind of wears he wears on kids after a while. Mm-hmm. And the and the reason, if you look before he came to Florida State in his thirty years or whatever of college coaching. He always was four or five years at a program would move on. Jimbo decided to keep him for 12 years or whatever it was. And, and in perpetuity. Was, yes. <laughs> that was yeah. a little too long. And, um, but it's funny you mentioned that because when I was down there, I talked to uh, one of the guys on the mid 90s teams talking about Mickey. And he was saying how he's like, man, he said things to me on the field that I, and we've all heard these stories that it's like, I can't believe he just said that to me, but he was so good to them off the field. He said it was literally like when you were walking onto the field of practice, you could almost see him change from like one step to onto the grass. Okay, this is a different guy. But once you come back off, he's more like a father again. I mean, so you got to be able to do that. And I think Atkins has that. It's like Jeff when in our production meeting when the show starts. Right. He just becomes like, he he agreed with my Notre Dame lineman take in the production meeting. Then he like flips a switch. It's like, oh, this is the dumbest thing you've ever said. He was it's like, we'll work, we'll work yeah. through it. We'll work through it, Corey. You know, we'll see, <laughs> yeah. we'll see where it goes. 
we'll go back and check the tape and I'll show you your mistakes. Mm. I'll show you where you really the, the missteps that we hadn't talked about in the pre-show meeting. That's why I had to ride you. Uh, you know, we, we play like we practice. Yeah, well, I know. If I understand. Gonna, if you're going to be out here freewheeling things, Corey, you know. I also under, I also think it was a missed opportunity for Gene when when I committed to War Champ back in 17 to not just tweet out a picture of him smoking a cigar. <laughs> maybe that's uh, that's, that, that's that's probably, probably where that, that comes from. I think uh, we were going to say it was a missed opportunity to hire you and not look for somebody because you know yeah well oh. you know that's what I that's what I thought you were doing. <laughs> like you're you're our Dylan Gibbons but maybe we yeah should've... I'm a transfer I did yeah. some things with the Democrat but never really yeah. shined. Hey, can I say this, by the way? And I know the, the people writing in the questions are like, no, just ask another question. Every time I drive past that old Democrat building, I think of the two of you and I just get really sad. Not that you're not still there, but the plight of newspapers. Yeah, it, it is just sad. breaks my heart. The place is dilapidated, the old sign. I'm like, God, dog it. It just feels criminal that that's my, where we're at. My, my best memory from that place, affiliated with you, is I was doing your show one Monday afternoon or Tuesday afternoon back then. I can't remember which day it was. And I'm in my office and the fire alarm goes off while I'm recording, while we're, you're interviewing me. And the fire alarm starts going off and everybody in the building is leaving. And I'm sticking, I'm hunkered down in the office because yeah. I knew it wasn't a real fire. And so I'm like, oh, well, I'll just stay in here. Nobody will know. And then after a while, somebody texted me, somebody on the staff texted me and said, hey, man, are you still inside? And I was like, yeah, well, I'm doing the show. And they're like, because I think I was using my landline. And then yeah. they, and they're like, well, there's fire trucks outside. This, this may not just <laughs> be a I drill. Cut to me racing in and carrying Ira out of it. <laughs> yeah. burning the, the we got to go. We got to go, man. Fire. Get off the phone. Jeff will understand. <laughs> we're almost done with this segment, Corey. Our fireman carried him out of the building. Hang on. Oh. We're almost done. This was the last question. Butch writes, hello, boys. I'm having a hard time understanding the recent move by Sadar Calhoun within the last week. Sadar has tremendous talent and would be an integral part of this very good basketball team at this upcoming season, yet he feels the need to leave. Has he not seen the growing list of players Coach Ham has brought to the NBA? What gives? Well, I mean, I, yeah, my guess is, and, and if you got more insight, Jeff, go ahead. But I, I just think that him going, him declaring for the draft left them in a position where they had to figure out who's going to replace him. And I think they were focused on that. And then, uh, you know, I don't know if he wanted to come back or not, but I mean, I think they had moved on when he, when he declared for the draft to test the waters, I think Florida state's men's basketball team was, was moving on. It probably angered them. I mean, they would never say that publicly, but it's like, man, really? You, we, some people come here to develop next year. You could have been a 12 or 13 point score. You could have started. Um, and then you're in such a rush that you're going to declare for the draft and we don't know if you're going to come back in April. Um, and then I think the, the Kentucky kid's a wing, right? Like he's a, right. he's sort of a wing. Yes. And yes. then they got, you know, they got Caleb Mills, they got Matthew Cleveland. So they, right. they feel like they're fine there. I think it's just a shame for the kid. Maybe he'll go to a smaller school where he gets 35 minutes a game and, and can really shine. Cause we all see there's some stuff bubbling in there. That's like, wow, that's incredible. There's some incredible stuff in there. Um, but you would have liked to seen him stay in the program and see seeing what could have happened. Yeah, he's very springy. He's very athletic, but he plays like a JUCO. Well, one, one of the yeah, it's what, frustrating what, to watch. Yeah, what somebody said to me, a mutual friend of ours um, said to me when he put his name in the portal or not in the portal, he put his name in the draft. He said, you know, 
he's not going to get drafted. What he needs to do is go to a school where he can just shoot 30 times a game. And, yeah. and that's what they want. And that's what he wants. And everybody's happy. Um, but well, I wish him well. System. He seems like a nice enough kid. But yeah, I mean, it is kind of surprising when it happened. You know, the only thing I would say, Aaron, Corey, I, I do wonder about this. You know, Ham is so good at connecting, relating, and, and, and laying out for these kids the expectation, whether that's rules or playing time or what he expects them to do to be a part of the program. It's almost like there was just a, a miscommunication here. Like that kid didn't understand what he thought was going to be expected of him, which strikes me as odd because that's not, that's not the MO for him and his staff. Like all these kids kind of have a pretty good understanding of what they have to do to get on the court. Um, and I'm just surprised that that kid got frustrated enough to say, screw it. I'm out. A hundred percent. I mean, look at guys like, Raquan Gray, who redshirted. I mean, teams don't yeah. go redshirt guys. Florida State does, and they they have a plan. Like Leonard literally has a plan for each player. If you do yeah. this by year one, you'll do this in year two. You'll do this in year three, and they can see how it all fits together. So when it doesn't happen, when it doesn't work, you kind of look at the kid because it's worked for all these. I other also guys. don't think it was a great fit though. Like he, like Jeff said, I mean, I don't think he's the kind of kid that can really reach his ceiling playing 20 minutes and getting seven shots a game. He he's, look, he looks like a high-volume guy. He's certainly crazy athletic, not a great defender. Uh, just didn't seem like a, it didn't seem like a great fit because I think we all thought by the end of the year he would be something for this team that he didn't and end he up really being. He really wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, 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 may, may have, yeah, it may have been a miss. Yeah. yeah. Could be. Sweet Pea, Silver Fox, and Mr. Clean. With the presumption that this Notre Dame transfer is coming in to play tackle. I'm not assuming that, by the way, Nathaniel. And our coaches surely must think he can help us there. If we do happen to have one more transfer spot and you could use it on one more dude, what else would you take it? Uh, what else would you take if you could? Another offensive lineman, a defensive end, a linebacker, a defensive tackle, a veteran wide receiver. P.S. The studio sound quality last week was glorious. So Corey owes us an hour number two for this week's Skype nonsense. No, no way. That's not how it works. Yeah, Maybe Notre like Dame a, has a walk-on, like a pretty impressive walk-on. That can go get. <laughs> and he's, if he's an offensive lineman, he's better than anybody we got. So, <laughs> I, Yeah, the answer is, I think Corey said earlier, I mean, I, I would focus on offensive line or, or receiver. But when he mentioned defensive end, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that wouldn't be bad either. Yeah, you'll so take that. It's, either, it's, right. it's best available at this point. That's the beauty of having a roster like this. Yeah. Plenty of holes. Plenty of holes yeah. to go fill. Dude, it made me laugh. I saw Iris face out of the corner of my eye when, when I said defensive end. I was reading the question, and I saw you kind of nod. And then I was like, God, dog it. Every one of those positions are a position of need. Yeah. Like, I, he he could have just kept going. Like, he could have said, you know, uh, he could have said offensive line, defensive line, defensive end, linebacker, quarterbacks, wide receiver. I think tight ends the one where we've been like, you know what? Seven tight ends is enough. Yeah, you don't need any more. Yeah, find yeah. one that can play. Make make yep. two of them uh, college players. Seminole headlines continues in a moment. Seminole headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole headlines returns now on ninety-seven nine ESPN Radio. More questions as we roll along here. A couple of weeks ago, Bob writes Corey professed his love of lacrosse. I don't know that you professed your love of it. I think you just noted that the ACC loves to talk about it. Uh, they, boy, do they ever. Do they ever. Yeah. Similarly, Corey professed his love for Formula One racing and named I, his favorite and only driver he knows. Does Corey, have a, does Corey have a favorite and only lacrosse player that he knows? Jim Brown. Jim Brown was a great lacrosse player in the 50s. Could have been the best of all time if he'd have stuck with it. 
Many people believe that's true, that he was the best of all time had he stuck with it. Yes. Uh, but back also, to Formula One, I know he still got the question. There's an awesome series on Netflix called yep, Drive to Survive. Yep. I watched it. I heard it's very good. Lewis Hamilton. There's a guy named Stroll. So now I know two Formula One drivers. Lewis Hamilton. But it's good, Ira. Corey, Lewis Hamilton just won last week, buddy. Again. The guy can't. He's a machine. Well, he's in the best car. Yeah. Those are the best sports when one person with a huge advantage just always wins. Um, is it is that documentary on par with Cheer or uh, like close to Look, it? Look, it's the production value is much better because it's Formula One money. But Cheer, you really got to know the kid. You felt like you were a part of the team. This, well, I don't feel like I'm, I, and some of them you didn't want to know. Clearly, I was going to say one of them you may not have known as yeah, much. Yeah, a you couple thought. of them. Uh, but it turns out, but uh, that might be why Cheer hasn't come back. Maybe the pandemic hurt too. But F- Formula One, you don't really feel like you're a part of the team. But I'm telling you, it's really entertaining. And I watched the third, the last, so the 2020 season I watched. They do it. It's like it, it's a behind the scenes of the whole season. Can so we, can watch we, it, Ira. Can we do a mid-segment uh, read for uh, Horizons, Jeff? Since uh, we didn't yeah, do it. Yeah, so that we can stop, so we can stop talking about yes. Corey's love of Formula One Netflix shows. I enjoyed um, our uh, I enjoyed our happy hour last week. That was nice. I did too. Let's do another one soon. Uh, and I also uh, enjoyed. I went back, guys. I went back a few days later. Uh, my wife, the uh, Robert Elementary, the Horizons yeah, Barn Girl. That's right. Yes, Horizons Barn Girl. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, we they they, they paired with uh, Robert Elementary School where my wife works, and um, and they did a, a a good deed. I think all the teachers and a and. Those that work in the front office got uh, like free meals from up there, some sort of thing like that. I had to go up there. I had to go up there and pick it up. It was great. That's exciting. Doing good deeds is what they do up at Horizons, and they also their food food is delicious, man. There's just no other way to say. I think we should cut to the chase. Look, uh, a lot of people help out in the community. That's cool. It's important, and it's good to know they do too. But their food is delicious. The atmosphere is awesome. There's no reason for you not to go up there if you are anywhere in Tallahassee and you haven't tried it yet. What are you waiting for? It's really good. In fact, while we were there, guys, on the day we got together for a little happy hour, I went inside to use the restroom because we were sitting out on the porch, and uh, a, a nice gentleman and his family, his two kids were sitting there, and they and they said, listen, we're here because of you guys. We're here because we hear you guys talk about it. And, man, nice. that warmed my heart. They loved it. Hey, uh, by the way, this will warm your heart, too. The next day, like 24 hours later, Kim goes, man, those tacos Jeff had looked really good. And they were, yeah. So we uh, we that might that's her that's her next uh, option on the menu when we go back. But it's Risen's Bar and Grill is at the corner. Of, well, it's off of Bannerman Road on Thomasville Road. It's a sub or a little shopping center called Bannerman Crossing, and uh, you should go check them out. And like Corey said, they'll just give you free food if you tell them Corey sent you. If Corey sent you, you get the free mac and cheese bites, which are <laughs> incredible. The, as many the, as the you want. I think it's, guys, uh, the thing it's is. The, the problem here, Corey, is that that's a fun joke, but it sounds believable. It sounds plausible, and you're going to piss the people off. That's the beauty of As my sarcasm is yeah, I'm yeah. sarcastic enough that you're like, is he being – is he telling no, no, the truth? No, no. The, the point is, like, that could be something that becomes a thing, and you don't want it to become a thing um, because I'm sure Mike will be displeased. And no, he has to I tell think, people no. no it, it'll be a joke that they share. But folks, trust me. I, I know. I don't know what Jeff's doing here because the production meeting went a lot smoother than this. If you say Seminole headlines sent me all the mac and cheese bites you can eat, that's not true. <laughs> Stop saying it, <laughs> Jeff. Move on. Sorry, I brought up uh, the read. 
Yeah, Nicholas writes, gentlemen, I need your professional opinion. My brother and I have gotten both vaccine doses. I have Friday off and want to enjoy the baseball game versus Clemson with him live and in person. Do you have any advice for watching the game, where to sit or what to eat? He is a college freshman, and this will be his first FSU athletic event. Thanks for all you do. Well, Nicholas, I'd say go to the game if you can get tickets. They're still not at 100%, and so you've got to fight to find tickets. In fact, I'm in the process of doing it, and I'm Jeff Cameron. So, I mean, you <laughs> and know, you're not. Yeah. So, Jesus, uh, good luck getting your tickets. But uh, if you can sit wherever the hell you have the tickets, don't worry about it because you've been vaccinated. It's an outdoor sporting event. You're going to be just fine. And I would suggest, I mean, you are in a baseball game. Get you a hot dog and a beer, baby. What you doing? Maybe not for the freshman. I don't know. A freshman. When Bryce is a freshman in college, you're going to drink beer with him. What's what's I mean, Jeff? I have you thought about that yeah. yet? I, so, I hadn't thought about it. I will tell you this. So Molly turns 21 this summer. And so she wants to, she, her, her thought, she literally is not drinking alcohol. She's, you know, she's a brainy kid and not right. really into that lifestyle. Um, and so she's like, I would like to try, she's tried like at Jerson's house for new Year's. She tried some champagne, right? She's tried a couple, but she has never really drinking, drinking. And so she's like, what if we get like every different kind of alcohol and I'll mm. try them all. To see which one. <laughs> like, That's smart. I, was like, I thought you said she was a brainy kid. Well, she, doesn't, <laughs> she doesn't really understand how alcohol works. Um, but I was like, ah, you know what we'll do, Molly? We're going we're gonna to try a couple of varieties of one segment. And then we'll, maybe next, next time we do this, we'll, we'll pick a different segment. We'll try a few, try a few clear liquors. We'll try a few. Mm. You know, but yeah, I don't, we're not gonna. We're not gonna. It's all about what she's matching it with. Like if you put a rum in a daiquiri, she'll be like, "Well, this is pretty good." But if you just oh, do a shot sure. of rum, she's gonna spit it in your face. And I'm fine with that. Well, yeah, that's probably the way to go. Like this yeah, is how they serve it, Molly. All right, they won't put the, it in is, other stuff. Yeah, this yeah. is the most mild. This is the most mild thing I've got. It's they call Straight it grain. Tequila. They call it grain alcohol. Yeah, yeah, they call yeah. it grain because it's it's really really mild. Just just yeah. sip it. Just sip it. You'll love it. You'll let it sit yeah. in your mouth a while. It's great. Just let that grain alcohol soak in there on the on the taste buds. It's something something to savor. Uh, <laughs> at East Tennessee State, I drank grain alcohol. A buddy brought in basically moonshine to the football dorm, and. Uh, I had only heard of moonshine from a distance. It's not found in Tampa, St. Pete, boys. And uh, and so then all of a sudden, um, yeah, I was I ended up asleep on the hallway floor. It's ridiculous. Uh, that's it's that's not, that not really what you concerns do. me. I, I almost want to start Brady drinking beer when he's like 18, 17 or 18. Like the French do. Like in France, they drink wine at the dinner table so that it's not something you're curious so about. And then older. they're not idiots when they are twi- when they get to college yeah. and they're like, right, oh, I can right. drink now. Let me have some Goldschlager. It's like, no, yeah. man, just just sip on some beers. There's no uh, there's no foolproof plan because I have plenty of fans, that, plenty of friends who came with both backgrounds. And Yeah, you're did, right. It's did, a luck of the draw, really. Some end up in the hospital. Jason writes, gentlemen, now that uh, Timmy Tebow is back in the NFL, a tight end, no less, what happens first? Tebow misses a block that gets Trevor injured, or Urban has another headache issue and sinks back home to spend time <laughs> with his family. Um, yeah, no, he, he's had a few missteps early on, uh, has, has uh, Urban Meyer, uh, including some of his initial hires. But what I have wondered about is, you know, if you're a six-year veteran on that Jags team and you've got a college coach making his NFL debut, 
and he hasn't accomplished anything yet. And he brings in a 34-year-old guy he had in college to take reps away from a younger player. Uh, and then he gets blown up trying to block somebody and gets somebody you know, beat up. How are they going to look at Urban? How is that going to fly in the camp there, in the locker room, in that relationship? Because that's what's going to happen. Uh, and, and it is interesting. I, I, don't, I don't have any earthly idea why you bring Tebow in. And that's not just Tebow hate. It's just why. It's also like maybe uh, it's such a distraction. Like, why would you want to do? Why would you want to distract from what you're trying to do? Like, at least three questions every press conference to most players will be about Tebow because of where it is. Like, this isn't well, Kansas add City. Or, factor that they're going to feel. Well, right. that too. But I mean, you're also in the heart of Tebow land, so they're going to be writing stories every day. It's going to be like the uh, Japanese j- media that follows the. The, the Japanese players around Major League Baseball, you're going to be having right. a camp a sec that only cares about Tebow stuff, at least until he gets cut. Um, and it's just, or maybe it makes the team. Then it's, I don't know. It's just, it, it well, just, but, it's, like a, say, it's like a kid that wants to, he just keeps wondering. It's like the guy in Napoleon Dynamite. I could throw the football over those mountains. Like Tebow, it's like, man, you had a great athletic career, but you're 34. What's next? Hey, when did like, the Napoleon Dynamite come out, Corey? Uh, I think Lawrence Taylor was still in the league. <laughs> That's what I thought. Um, <laughs> yeah, but this, to what Jeff was saying though before, the this and, and the, the strength coach hire, it yeah. reeks. It reeks a little bit like of the Spurrier era in the NFL, where I'm going to do what I want to do right. and deal with it. And I don't know how that's going to work out. I mean, I, 2004 I is Napoleon Dynamite, boys. So, mm. you know. Lawrence Taylor was in the Hall of Fame by then. That's a <laughs> that's a quite relevant reference. <laughs> But um, yeah, yeah, it, it so, does. It, it feels very collegey, doesn't it? Ira? Yeah. yeah. And I don't yeah. think I didn't pay attention that close attention to what Matt Rule did, but I mean, I assume that the ones who have success doing this don't necessarily go that route. Is my my yeah, guess. Matt, Matt had a good Matt had a good start and is a good coach. Uh, Preston writes, "Damn it, trying to save the Facebook questions will be a toughie since I hate Facebook as much as anyone." You'd think Ira, being nearly sixty, would actually prefer Facebook rather than sabotaging it. Would you <laughs> rather host? Would you rather host the Dabo Sweeney Collins show every week until he retires, or have to use a Nokia flip phone and dial up internet with your current job for oh a year? God. Hashtag Netscape for that ass. Well done, Preston. That's that is well good. Uh, I man. would. I, I think I'd hold. The, I'd, I'd hold the. I'd do the the uh, Dabo press conferences or or coaches show. I think the dial-up in the Nokia would be tough. That would be tough at this point. What's weird about that is, you know, there's a thousand things on YouTube. And last night I got in a rabbit hole and watched Steve Jobs' presentation. You know, he does. He used to do those every year, the Apple yeah. thing, of the iPhone. And, like, how revolutionary all that was. Like, you can actually – there's not going to be these metal keys on your phone. You're actually going to just be able to touch your numbers on your phone. The screen, and, yeah, yeah. And it's like everybody was losing their minds. And it's like that was that was 2007. That was 14 years ago. So pre-2007, think about how stupid those phones were. Like texting, had, w- w- you had, had to like hit the number three times to get to C. Yeah. You, had, yeah, you don't yeah. remember that? Like you had to hit you had one three berry, times. You had to basically, and you got so good at it, you could like not even be looking at your phone and be like three times, there's a C. There, yeah. you, you knew how to do that's it. The, yeah. That's part of the deal in The Departed. That's half the plot in The Departed is him being yes. able to text without looking at his phone. Right. Yeah. Right. So I just yeah. thought that's funny that that question came. I would never go back to one of those phones. I would, 
I would live with Dabo before I went back to one of those phones. Oh, that's a toughie. We'll come back, wrap it up momentarily. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. Final stretch of questions. Let's get to them on the Twitter, guys. Here we go. A week late on this, but of Willie's two signing classes, how many do you think end up getting drafted from FSU? That's from Greg. I mean, Asante, does that count? One? Yeah. Yeah, he was one of them. That's got to be it, right? One. Without even looking. I can't remember whose or his. I'll when they got here, while you guys are talking. I'm saying one. I don't uh, Half of them aren't even here anymore. No, most of them are not. Oh, this is good. R.A. writes this. The ACC Network offers to air ACC headlines and gives you a weekly three-hour slot, but with the following conditions. Mandatory weekly 15-minute interview with Muffet McGraw. You must discuss every team in the league without using sucks. Corey must say, Corey must say our number three by tack light. Are you guys in? The answer is yes, we're in. Yeah, of course we do that. Be, it would be the best show on the ACC network, all right? In fact, I'm not even joking. Let's go. The three Let's of us. Let's make it happen. The, yes, ACC headlines. We could do it. It would be fun. You know, it would be really fun. We do that show, and I'm like, all right, Corey, it's time to talk a little Wake Forest soccer. And then you would just liven up, man. You would be electric. Oh, here we go. This is my time to shine. <laughs> and then I go, Ira, Virginia tennis, go. And then here, I mean, it would be huge. Yeah. Or Ira, talk about how much uh, Tony Bennett means to the sport. Yeah. And they get, they get Ira talking about Tony Bennett. Uh, yeah, not a lot of not a lot coming out of that 18, 19 classes. Um, you know, there might be one or there, there's a couple. Might be a couple of flyers in there. Travis J, a couple guys like that, but uh, yeah, not not oh, chock full of NFL yeah, talent. Travis J will probably be in the league, I would think. So yeah, not, there you go. Chock full. Um. Okay. So Alejandro writes in wake up on wake up war chan. I heard Aslan mention two things that I disagree with. One is why is Norvell doing a youth camp since he won't be here in ten years, and uh, and then he says is FSU not a destination job anymore? Secondly, he didn't see the value if we could make another fan of uh, another kid a fan the way we did Travis Hunter it'll be worth it the guy it should be noted immediately under Alejandro's question load you only disagreed with two things as one said you must not have been listening very long <laughs> uh, they kid they kid yeah, uh, that's my that's my co-host man don't talk about my co uh, Terrell Owens that's my co-host don't talk about mm-hmm. him like that yeah uh, I I, uh, I vehemently disagreed uh, with with the second one the first one just odds are Look around college football. Coaches don't stay at places for longer than 10 years, typically. There's two right now, right, in the country? Dabo and Nick uh, that have been there for well, 10 years? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Uh, Roger, Roger Wright, still want to know if Norvell's last Memphis team had better talent than the 2021 Knowles. Yay, Sausage. That's from Robert. Uh, do you think, think they so. did? No. Then this year coming up? No. Not to, No. I mean, did you see the transfer they just landed? Memphis, <laughs> Memphis didn't have bodies like that on the offensive line. No, I th- I think this is a this is a this is a I don't know. Would it's this a pretty decent roster now that you've got? I mean, it's a lot of guys that have done some stuff. At least the ten transfers they brought in. See, that's and it's that's not a great I'm, roster, guys. No, it's not and a that's great what, roster, Corey. And that's the thing I'm trying to wrestle with. The further we get away from spring practice, is there are definitely guys? I think where we get in trouble sometimes with covering a team is 
we see a guy that's been on the team for a couple of years. They played a good bit last year, and you just assume there's going to be this development the next year because he played last year. And sometimes those guys just are what they are. So you know, we'll see. I mean, because of COVID, because they didn't have all the time, maybe some of those guys who played a lot last year on defense are going to be much better this fall. But it's that's it's hard point. to know. It's hard to know. Yeah, they're gonna. I do think we'll see quite a bit of improvement from the guys who did play. But I, I'm just, I, as I said earlier in the show, and I know everybody thinks this is just me being a Debbie Downer all the time. I'm just trying to be pragmatic and be a realist, guys. I just, it's not a really good looking roster. Can and, I be? And, uh, can I amend what I said though? I, I definitely think Memphis's offense had more talent, especially at the skill positions, than right, this yeah. team does. Maybe Toa Feely is a guy, but it seemed like that Memphis team had some real dudes on offense. Defense, yeah, they, they were, did. they were pretty awful. And I do think uh, their defensive roster is more talented. Michael writes, after Ira's latex bohica, we seem to have a plethora of offensive linemen. Is that <laughs> where they've been hiding? No joke. Get a colonoscopy for that ass. Mm, Michael, nice. Yeah, that's, that's well done, by the way. I feel bad that you know, Ira's colonoscopy was two weeks ago, and we haven't talked about it at all. And I feel like my colonoscopy was an entire segment. Now, it might have been the way I sat on the toilet. And watch yeah. the movie on the back of the toilet. But still, I, Ira, you haven't told us anything. The crazy thing, Jeff, oh, you'd heard it. He told you he was awake for the whole thing. Awake, yeah. Well, I, awake. I, I didn't know, that's, I didn't the know that's what we're doing these days. I, I was disturbed by the story. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not going to share the details. But yes, yeah. but yes, I was awake. Did have a little bit of medic- medication. And, uh, you know, take the edge off a little bit. But it was, uh, I was awake. I was watching it on a video screen. Oh, and you felt uh, it like that's the uh, thing. Like I didn't. I I think Ira chose that. Like there's no. I I do think they think offer I the other kind. That experience. I think they offer the other kind where you can just you're knocked out and you wake up and you're like, how'd it go? I think that happens too. Ira Ira you got to watch choice. it like he was watching a a, a, a Formula <laughs> One documentary or a, yeah 80s uh, uh, sitcom. <laughs> yeah. By the by the way, uh, this is kind of funny. Stevens writes, and you referenced this, Corey, a series between men named Meat and Link couldn't be more synergetic for Register mm. Sausage. With the way we play on the road, would you rather play a regional anywhere but Tallahassee? I kind of feel like the answer to that is yes, yeah, but. absolutely. I wanted to bring this up. You know deep down with the way this season has gone, regardless of the fact that Meat and Link once roomed together and are dear friends, I don't know that there's anybody in the country that wanted to beat another person more than Mike Martin Jr. wanted to beat yeah. Link at Notre Dame this past weekend. I mean, I, that had to have been, he won't say it, but that had to have been very satisfactory because if you think about the chatter going into that series, it's sure. about the miracle worker that Link is at Notre Dame and Florida State could have had him. So you know that meet very quietly after that, Second win in the series was like shove that where the sun don't shine there, Link. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck trying to catch us someday. You know, <laughs> no I mean, and that doesn't make him a jerk. No. I mean, if, if yeah, we're yeah. competing with people we're friends with, you know, we're gonna feel the same. You know, you just you you're a competitor. Win. Yeah, like Ira on the tennis court. Very much like that. Very, that's pretty much what we would equate. That's the standard yeah. for competitive excellence. <laughs> Trip writes. Howdy, gents. With the recent addition of the Notre Dame transfer, if FSU somehow acquires yet another offensive lineman via the portal, do you think eight wins is within reach? I mean, if another... it's a tackle, I mean, we do need to get a tackle at some point. Um, and it depends on who it is. 
I don't know. I, I don't know that eight wins is out there right now. I, 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 I'm really actually more excited to see how they play defense because that, that was a no-show last year. They didn't play defense. Yeah, You can't beat anybody if you don't defend at all, and they didn't defend at all. That was the, so, other, uh, that was the other conversation I had with my NC State guy. It was about Bailey Hockman. And uh, that's how I think that's how it all started because I was like, "Why did Bailey leave?" And he and he said he wanted a guarantee that he was going to be the starter, even though that other kid was coming back from his injury. That was the only reason Bailey got to start in the first place. And so then we were talking about kids and unrealistic, whatever expectations. But I said, "I know Bailey had one good game. Did he have any?" And he goes, "No, that was it." Yeah, was like, okay. yeah, that was a lot. That was that happened a lot last year. <laughs> Uh, the pit the kid comes back. Everybody had a good game. Yeah. The pit kid comes back. Yeah. The pit's got, yeah, the messed up ankle, hasn't played in a month. Yeah. It's supposed to be out for the year. Dimes, Joe Montana. Um, last question, boys. Let's get it. Bradley writes, hello, gents. I was listening to the Seminole Headlines episode before Jimbo left. Corey mentioned that of the 129 FBS teams, about 110 coaches would leave their job for the Florida State gig. After the last four years, what do you believe that number is now? Also, well, Ira was ranting. Also, Ira was ranting about Texas A&M giving Kevin Sumlin ten million dollars to go away. Oh, how times have changed! <laughs> yeah, Man, yeah. Imagine um, going back and listening to some of those shows. Yeesh. Yeah. No, not so, not just like how how like cringy it might be, and how old takes exposed it might be for us. The freezing cold takes. Yeah, I would say no. Florida State is not in the place they were then. Clearly. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. What would that number go down to? 70 now? What was the question exactly? I said that back then. Out of 129 left. FBS coaches would leave their current job to come to Florida State oh, uh, gotcha. if the job was available at that time. And now what would we say that number looks like? 100 coaches, 90 coaches out of 129? Mm. Mm. Um, 50, maybe? Yeah. Florida State is still a really good place to come and coach. If 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 they can prove but, financially that they're gonna be all right, then every this group of the five problem, coach would come. No, I was gonna say the problem though is yeah, the group of five coaches would for the most yeah. part. The problem is the mid level schools in these other conferences now pay top dollar. Iowa State, you're yeah. not just buying you're not just hiring away Iowa State's coach anymore. So yeah, yeah, but you have so, to. Yeah, but if you're Iowa State's coach, you're Iowa State's coach. Yeah, you he's ain't gonna go. Win, well, he's different because he's gonna be nothing. He's gonna go to the NFL or he's gonna go to Ohio State. But it's the guys that like Arizona or Washington State. You're never gonna win anything there, and you might you might not be on the NFL radar. If Florida State comes calling, I still think you get those guys. I think you go. I think you I get still think you get Stoop. Uh, you, I think you get Mark Stoops. Maybe you could make a run at him, and he's at an SEC school. He might be the only one. Um, but are the Vander, you know, but, but yeah, I do him, think the number yeah. has dwindled, but I don't think it's, I, I don't think it's not any power five school. Yeah. I just think that there's a, there's a change in, and not just, this doesn't really relate to Florida state, but I think there's a change in mindset of college coaches to where it used to be. It was always about getting up, getting up, getting up to the higher level, higher level, bigger school. And now because those other schools pay so much, it's not that big of a deal and they get less pressure. So some coaches are pretty content I mean, you know, or or to be a coordinator, you know, it's like why Brent Benables will stay at Clemson forever. I mean, some he's scared because he's a coward. That's true. We established that. Yeah. But yeah, I just think that's it's a, the mindset used to be you always want to get to the biggest school. Now a lot of times they're looking for the right fit. 
because they're going to make a lot of money even at those small. You still have, you still have the competitive factor though of like if you want to win a national championship, right. you right. can't do it at eighty percent of these schools. You at can't Florida do it State, at Iowa State. You can't do it at Washington State. Yeah. You can't do it. There's a lot of them. I'm telling you, if you just go through the Power Five, I think you'll find that. I, uh, on that note, like arguing about wanting to actually win something, a lot of the guys would leave their current school to come to Florida State. As long as Florida State shows they have a plan financially and that they're well, stabilized. And that was the point I was going to make when Corey brought Mark Stoops. Is a guy like Mark Stoops is going to want to know exactly, okay, what what are you doing? What is the plan? And, it, and then I would be like, that. you know what, Mark? Keep going five and seven at Kentucky, man, and That's live your plan. life. Live your life, you non-competitive MFR. You don't yeah. want to win anything. Just stay right. at Kentucky and, and shine Calipari's shoes because yeah. you don't want to win a championship. All right, fine. We're not going to pay you $12 million. Yeah, you'd get – not that you'd want them, but you'd get – I guess I probably wouldn't run an athletic department. I would probably get, rub people the wrong way. You'd get Mississippi State's coach. You'd get Kentucky's coach. You'd get Vanderbilt's coach. You would – I mean, these days, Christ, you'd get Tennessee's coach. They just brought in the dude from UCF. I mean, you would get – you would get, I don't know, man. You wouldn't, you wouldn't get Alabama. You wouldn't get Texas A and M. We don't have to, we don't have to run down all the ones. Eighty, eighty-ish. Eighty. Yeah, 80, 80, 80, I, think I, I don't think it's dropped that much. I would say it's yeah, probably, it's you know, it's it's you know, it's a solid B, maybe into an A, like eighty-eight to ninety-one, ninety-two, it's somewhere like in there. Carolina's coach. You can keep going with this, boys. All right. On that note, for Corey Clark and Iris Chappelle, I'm Jeff Cameron. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Be well. Peace. Seminal headlines on 97.9 ESPN Radio. Get more from Jeff, Corey, and Ira via iTunes and in the 97.9 ESPN Radio Audio Vault. This has been a production of 97.9 ESPN Radio, Tallahassee Sports Monster.